As we open God's Word together, let us go to Him in prayer. Lord, we are so thankful that You have made Yourself known in Your Word to us, that we may know You, that we may uh, have Your Word as a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. As we walk through this time together, Lord, would You uh, help us to know the next steps we can take uh, to absorb Your Word into our lives even more. In Jesus' name, Amen. I don't know if you all have seen this children's book or not. You know, it's one of these little golden books, and there's about 50 billion of these. But this is just one of them. And uh, it's about these trains, and supposedly, uh, these trains are they're, they're baby trains, and they grow up to be adult trains. So, it's a fictional story. It's not real. <laughs> And so you have these baby trains, and they're you know, being trained to be you know, what they were created to be, these, these great trains. And there's this one train, and he comes along, and uh, they're training him to be a flyer. And the flyer is the fastest train in trainedom, okay? And so there's a, there's a key, though, that he has to learn if he wants to be what, he's been, what he has been created to be, this great, fast train. And the key lesson he has to learn is, do not go off the tracks. Well, during the story, the little train, his name's Toodle, Toodle goes along the tracks and then he sees this horse in the meadow galloping along. And he just, he's thinking about this horse and he decides he's going to race this horse to the river. Well, he's going, they're racing you know, to try to get to the river first, well, there's a turn in the track. And so he has to make a decision. Am I going to stay on the track or am I going to jump the track and try to beat the horse? Well, he decides to get off the track and, try, and races the horse. And then later on in the story, he sees these flowers in the field and he decides to get off the track and go enjoy the flowers. And finally, he learns through a number of different conversations that you know, if you're going to be what you were created to be, then you're going to have to stay on the track. You're not going to be the flyer, this fast, great train, if you leave the tracks. Because you were not created to leave the track, you are created for the track. In other words, there's actually freedom in staying on the track to become what you were created to be. The horse was created to enjoy the meadow, the flowers, the field, the train, the track. And so what we are seeing in the sermon series that we, we started last Sunday, this, this sermon series on the spiritual disciplines of the Christian life, the spiritual exercises that we partake in to grow in our relationship with the Lord, these disciplines, exercises, actually lead us into more and more freedom because they allow us and enable us to be what we were created to be. You know, the psalmist says in Psalm 119.105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You know, God's word, the Bible, provides direction for our lives. And this, this, the spiritual discipline that we're going to talk about today is Bible absorption. We want to absorb God's word so that we can know Him and know the direction that He would want us to go in our lives. And just remember that the spiritual disciplines, last week we talked about prayer. This week we're talking about Bible absorption. Uh, we're going to talk about more in the next uh, few Sundays. 
But these are scriptural paths laid down in God's Word that we participate in that help us to encounter the transforming grace of God. We talked about last week how we spend time in prayer. That's a transformational activity. Same thing here with God's Word. You know, the Bible is God's Word. It's sufficient to lead us into salvation. The Bible navigates us. It's It's adequate to navigate us in life. It's true and it leads us in truth. And it's through the Bible that God makes Himself known specifically to us. And we can know Him and walk with Him. Can you imagine having a relationship with someone that you cannot communicate with? I mean, it would be virtually impossible to have a significant growing relationship with someone who never communicates with you, that you cannot communicate with. And so, when we think about our relationship with God, if we're going to worship God and walk with Him daily, then we're going to need to know God. And the only way to do that is through His Word. And so this morning, there are several ways that I want to share with you that we can, and how we can absorb God's Word. Okay? There are six ways that I want to share with you this morning how, that will help us to absorb God's Word. The first one is by hearing God's Word. And you all are participating in that now. You are hearing God's Word being read and taught. You are sitting under the hearing of God's Word. In Luke eleven twenty eight, Jesus says, Blessed rather are those who hear the Word of God and keep it. So we know that God wants us to do what He wants us to do, but before we can do that, we need to know what that is. And the only way to know what that is is by hearing God's Word, knowing God's Word. And so Jesus says, Blessed are those who hear God's Word and then keep it. In 1 Timothy 4.13, and I'm going to be going through a number of different Scriptures, so if you're taking notes, just you know, jot them down and you can research them later in some of these suggestions I'm about to give you, which will be very helpful. 1 Timothy 4.13, Paul tells Timothy, Until I come... Devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. And so it's important that we continually sit under the public reading of God's Word, the public teaching of God's Word. And you all, like I said, you're applying this suggestion right now. You came to church, to the service, to hear God's Word read and taught. Uh, This is why we have Sunday school at 945, so you can get into a small group to look at God's Word together. Tonight, when we gather back together at 6 p.m., we're going to hear God's Word again. Wednesday night, in these small group Bible studies that we'll have, we will be focusing on the Word of God. And so all of these are ways that we can sit under the hearing of God's Word. And there are several others as well. For example, uh, you can uh, hear God's Word being taught over the Internet. Obviously, you need to use some discernment, but... There are great Bible teachers you can listen to on the internet. You can listen to on the radio. You can order CDs. You can watch a television show. Again, discernment is needed. But God's Word is being proclaimed in a number of different varieties and formats and and medias. uh, And you can sit under the Word of God. And I think it's very important that we devote ourselves to this uh, consistently. That we sit under the hearing and teaching of God's Word. But that's not the only way to absorb God's Word. The second way that we can absorb God's Word is by reading it ourselves. You know, in the Gospels, 
Oftentimes, Jesus would have these conversations with the religious leaders, and he'd say something like this. Have you not read? It was, there's this implication there that Jesus is saying, if you have access to the Scriptures and you can read, then you ought to read them and know them. Have you not read these things? That's what he would say to the religious leaders. Second Timothy, in 2 Timothy 3.16, Paul writes, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. The Scriptures are breathed out by God and they are what we need if we are going to be equipped for every good work. And so if you and I want to be equipped for every good work, then we need to absorb the Word of God. In Revelation 1.3, John says, Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. So from these few scriptures and others, we know that reading the scripture is a great way for us to absorb the scripture. Now I know for some of you, you do this on a consistent basis already. I mean, you are, you are consistently, you have a consistent diet of God's word in your life. But others of you may think, you know, Ron, I, I want to read the Bible, but the Bible is somewhat intimidating. You know, it's, it's a large book, it's very diverse, covers thousands of years, it's, it's, it's somewhat intimidating. However, I think each of you, every one of you, can become more and more acquainted with the Scripture and absorb the Scripture more and more about reading, you know, through reading it yourself. Uh, it's like eating an elephant, right? How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time, Right? One bite at a time. That's how you eat an elephant. And that's how you know the Scripture. One verse at a time. And don't let it overwhelm you. Just take it one bite at a time. And so I want to give you just a few suggestions here uh, as to how you could start reading the Bible uh, maybe more consistently in your own life. First of all, you need to find a time. Find a time that will work for you to sit down and read the Scripture. Maybe that's in the morning. Maybe it's on your lunch break. Maybe it's in the evening. Uh, whatever time works best for you. Uh, perhaps a time that you're very alert or at least somewhat alert. Uh, but do what you can. You know, find a time, a consistent time that you can read the Scripture. Secondly, uh, find a plan. And there are several plans out there to help you, guide you into reading. Now, I'm not against reading devotional books. And that's, those are very helpful. But make sure that you are reading the Bible itself. Okay, not just what other people say about the Bible. Uh, it's like, you know, when the bird chews up the food and spits it into the baby's mouth. That's one way to receive the food. But personally, I kind of like to chew up my own food. And so, nothing wrong with receiving it, hearing it. That's good. This is good. This is a good format for hearing God's word and receiving it. But it also is very helpful if you chew it up yourself and read it yourself. And so find a plan. Uh, one example that I've enjoyed uh, in my own walk with the Lord, is this, it's called the One Year Bible. Very helpful. They take uh, the Bible, they break it up into the days of the year, like June the 7th. And they'll give you an Old Testament passage, a New Testament passage, 
uh, a psalm, a proverb, and in one year you've read through the whole Bible. But looking at that book at the beginning, you may think, well, that's intimidating. But one bite at a time. The next thing you know, you're making your way through it and you're getting exposed to a variety of genres in the Scripture, the Old Testament, the New Testament, Psalms, Proverbs. Uh, So there's a lot of different plans out there. On your phone, you can get uh, Bible reading apps with all types of reading plans through the Internet. Uh, Maybe your Bible even has a little checkbox for different books of the Bible. As you read it, you can check it off or put a little star you know, in the, on the title in your Bible to let you know that you've read through that book. Uh, whatever works for you, just have, have a plan to expose yourself to the Scripture. One of the most helpful plans that, that helped me uh, earlier, early on in my walk with the Lord is someone challenged me. It was more in a, a conference setting. Someone was speaking about this. and They said, you know, just commit to read one verse a day. One verse of Scripture a day. And I thought to myself, I think I can do that. <laughs> I think that's doable. And you can build from there. But what it does, it's just like your physical body needs food every day. So your soul, we, it feasts on the Word of God. And so if you can at least just give it a little bit of nourishment every day by just reading even just a verse a day, what you're doing is you're exposing yourself to God's lamp, His light, His Word. And so every day you're getting into it, even, even maybe just maybe a verse a day, you're, you're getting into it, you're exposing yourself to the Word of God. And perhaps if you have more time, it can develop into more than one verse, but at least a verse a day is a great, great plan to start with. Another, another suggestion here is just be consistent. Try to find a time that works for you maybe every day so that you can be consistent. And lastly, don't rush through it. This is not a race to see how fast we can read the Bible or how many times we can read the Bible. The purpose of this is godliness. We want to know God. We want to walk with God. And so this is not a race. So just take your time in reading. You you don't have to turn in a book report at the end of the week. You know, we're not going to test you on it. Just... Take it slow, read it, try to understand it. So it's possible to absorb God's Word through hearing, through reading. And if we want to take it a step further, the third suggestion is to study God's Word. If you think of the Bible as a large, beautiful lake, you're hearing God's Word is like someone telling you about this lake. This is a beautiful lake. You should see it. It's wonderful. And then reading God's Word is like getting into a ski boat and and shooting across the lake. And you're taking in the sights. You're getting a better appreciation for the beauty and the vastness of the lake. But when you study God's Word, when you slow down to actually study it, it's like going across that lake in a glass-bottom boat very slowly. And you're starting to see the, the depths and the richness of The Word of God. And so when you study the Word of God, it's a slowing down. It's kind of taking it down a few gears or two and just slowing down. It's looking at the words that the author is using, the verbs, the people. Uh, When when was this written? Who wrote it? You know, what, what does this have to say to that original audience? What does it say to me? It's just a slowing down 
and a studying of the words, the verses, the book. In the Old Testament book of Ezra, we have a great example of this. In 458 B.C., Ezra leaves Babylon and he goes to Jerusalem where they're rebuilding the temple. And listen just to what is recorded in Ezra 7, verses 9 and 10. For on the first day of the first month, he began to go up from Babylonia. And on the first day of the fifth month, he came to Jerusalem. For the good hand of his God was on him. For Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach his statutes and rules in Israel. So God was at work in a mighty way in Ezra's life. And one of the reasons for that is that he had set his heart to study God's word. And you see the progression. Ezra, he set his heart to study God's word. And then he applied God's word to his own life. And then he taught God's word. And I think this is a great model for us. And so the difference between reading and studying God's word is really about the speed. We want to slow it down. Maybe you just take a smaller section of scripture and you seek to know the author, the audience, when it was written. You look in the verbs. Are there any commands in there? And then after you do some studying, then maybe you can consult some different commentaries and different things like that. Or listen to some sermons on that passage. But it's a slower, in-depth manner of reading. Jesus says in John 17, 17, He's praying to the Father and He says, Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. Again, the purpose of hearing, reading, studying is that we may be sanctified, which is a fancy word that says, you know, we're just growing. We're growing in our relationship with the Lord. Another helpful way to absorb God's Word is by memorizing it. The psalmist says in Psalm 119.11, I have stored up your Word in my heart that I may not sin against you. So one of the ways we store God's Word in our heart is by memorizing it. And we know Jesus modeled this. You know, Matthew 4, when He was tempted by the devil in the wilderness, every time the devil would tempt Jesus, He would respond by quoting Scripture. So He models that for us. Now some of you may say, well Ron, you know, I have a terrible memory. And that's, you know, that's a pretty good excuse. Uh, let me tell you about a friend of mine who, had a, who gave me that same excuse. I was challenging him to memorize Scripture and he said, you know, Ron, I just have a terrible memory. And listen to his excuse. So he had a pretty good one. He said, you know, when I was in high school I played soccer and I had several concussions. I'm like, this is a pretty good excuse. And I'm thinking, but I'm not buying it. You know, and I'm like, okay, yeah, well, if you can remember your name, I think you can memorize Scripture. You know, if you can remember someone's phone number or your address, I think you can memorize Scripture. And so I started challenging him to memorize Scripture, and he started memorizing a verse or two or whatnot, but eventually he got to a place where he was memorizing books of the Bible. I thought, what about those concussions, you know? <laughs> what happened? Well, he decided, you know what, this is going to be uh, very valuable to me in my walk with the Lord. It's going to help me walk with the Lord. And so he said, I'm going to do it. And he got a plan together and he was able to memorize Scripture. You know, Ephesians chapter 6, Paul is telling the, the, the Christians in Ephesus to put on the full armor of God. And it, the reason we want to put on the full armor of God is so that we can find our strength in the Lord against temptation 
in the difficulties of life. We want our strength to be in the Lord. And then in verse 17, he says in Ephesians 6, that we should take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And one writer said it this way. He said, the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit, but the Holy Spirit cannot give you a weapon you have not stored in the armory of your mind. So just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that you just automatically have the Bible ingrained in your brain. It says, the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. And so the more we're exposed to the Word of God, the more we store it in our hearts, the more of an arsenal we're building up for the Holy Spirit to use. And so, ask yourself this question. If the Holy Spirit reaches into the armory of your mind to pull out a weapon against temptation or life's situations, what will He pull out? Now, for most of us, He'll pull out John 3.16, which is a, obviously a fantastic verse. But you know, John 3.16 may not help you in every temptation of life. We should know that verse, but we should also know more than that verse. And so the more we expose ourselves to the Scripture, absorb the Scripture, the more weapons we are giving the Holy Spirit to use to fight against temptation and to guide us in life. Now, one easy way to memorize Scripture is to take an index card like this and just write, let's use John 3.16. John 3.16, write John 3.16 here and then write the verse on the back and just carry it around with you during the day. And when you get a moment, just look at it. Say the verse, say the address, John 3.16, and just do it throughout the day. Repetition. You all know about this. Every time you get into the car, the, the radio's blaring, maybe, for some. Uh, but you hear a song. All of us can hear a song, even a hymn maybe, and you just know the words. It wasn't that you sat down and you, you know, I need to memorize this song. You didn't do that, but you just, you've heard the song over and over paid attention to the song, you memorize the song. Same thing with Scripture. The more you expose yourself to it, the more it's going to absorb and the more you're going to know it. Now for some of you, you may be doing this and you may say, Ron, I want to memorize more than just a verse or two. I want to memorize a chapter of Scripture or a book of the Bible. Uh, If that's you, then I'd love to talk with you uh, some other time after the service or during the week. Give me a call or shoot me an email or something like that. And I have some different ways that would help you to do that. But remember, the the purpose of memorization is not to beat someone in a Bible drill. But the purpose of memorization is godliness. And we want to know God. That's why we do that. Just like the purpose of memorizing someone's phone number or their name is to know them. To communicate with them. The purpose of knowing the scripture is godliness. We want to walk in a path that is illuminated by the Word of God. And memorization is a way to do that. The fifth suggestion uh, for absorbing God's Word is meditation. Meditation. Now, you may be saying to yourself, meditation. Isn't that something that, you know, those Eastern religions practice? Or, Ron, are you trying to bring that into the Christianity and Christian faith? Well, let me read to you a passage from the psalm. Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. 
Blessed is the man who, who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sit, sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does, he prospers. You know, some forms of meditation focus on emptying your mind. But Christian meditation is about filling your mind with God's truth. And that's what we see in the Psalms here. The psalmist says, I meditate on God's Word day and night like a tree planted by streams of water, just constantly bringing it in, bringing it in, absorbing it, absorbing it, absorbing it. And there, it, it leads to fruitfulness in your, in your walk with the Lord. One author defined meditation as uh, deep thinking. Deep thinking on the truths and spiritual realities revealed in Scripture for the purpose of understanding, application, and prayer. You know, think, of, think of it like this. Uh, Donald Whitney gives the illustration or analogy of a tea bag. He says, for example, you are a cup of hot water. Okay, You are a cup of hot water and Bible intake is the tea bag. And he says that hearing God's word is like taking the tea bag and dipping it into the hot water. Now you know when you dip it into that water, even though it's a short dip, some of that tea will get into the water. So that's, that's hearing God's word. Some of the tea's flavor will be absorbed by the tea, I mean, by the water. Now, reading, studying, and memorizing God's Word is, is like additional plunges of that tea bag. You're putting that tea bag more and more into that water, and so the, the water is becoming more and more saturated with the flavor of the tea leaves. And the more frequently the tea enters the water, the more effect it has. And then he says, meditation, however, is like immersing the bag completely and letting it steep. Now, I remember my, my mom making sweet tea. You know, she'd start with boiling water on the stove. She'd put those tea bags in there and just let it steep. Because you know, the longer you let it steep, the stronger it'll be. The more tea flavor it will have, the darker. It, I mean, it'll just change the water in color and taste. And so meditation is like that. If you, if you immerse that tea bag, you leave it in there, you let it steep then all the rich tea flavor will be extracted and the water will be thoroughly affected in color and taste. And that's what it's like to meditate on God's Word, just allowing it to sit on you. Take it in. Just let it do its work. So you read it, you study it, you memorize it, and then you just think upon it. Throughout the day. That's like putting that tea bag in the water and it begins to affect you. So will you meditate? Will you meditate on the scripture? Think of a way you can do that uh, even during this week. Lastly, as we hear, as we read, study, memorize, and meditate on God's word, the final suggestion I have for you, and I think this is very important, that we must we must apply God's Word. We must not only take it in, 
but we also must allow it to uh, direct our lives. In James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25, James says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he is like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Donald Whitney says this. He says, the outcome of meditation should be application. Like chewing without swallowing, so meditation is incomplete without some type of application. I love that. Like chewing without swallowing, meditation with, without application is incomplete. You know, you chew up your food in order to digest it, take it in. We meditate on Scripture so that we may apply it to our lives and live the purpose of godliness, to honor the Lord, to live life the way it's meant to be lived. And so, what we see, not only in prayer and Bible intake and the other disciplines we'll learn, remember, the purpose of doing this is not to win some Bible trivia contest, right? But it's for the purpose of godliness. Because God created us to live a certain way in, in a relationship with Him, and He has a path He wants us to walk down. And His Word is the light of, for our path and a lamp unto our feet. His Word is what gives us that direction. And so when we take in His Word and we live life the way it's meant to be lived and experienced, that is how we glorify God. Because it, sh- it shows trust in the Lord. That we believe God is who He says He is. That He's good. That His Word is true. And His ways are right. And we believe also that His direction is actually in our best interests. And sometimes that's a hard thing for us to, to get a hold of and, and believe. But God's Word is for your best interest. God's Word is like those rails for the train. If the train leaves the track, it cannot be what it's created to be. We get to experience and live life the way it's intended to be lived when we allow God's Word to be a lamp unto our feet and our light into a path. So let us seek to absorb God's Word. Think about how you can take that next step in absorbing God's Word in your life so that you can ride the rails of freedom to the glory of God. Let us pray. Lord, we are so thankful for Your Word. And we believe that it's true. And it, it can equip us for every good work. And it tells us all that we need to know about who You are, who we are, what the world is like, so that we can walk with You, know You. Lord, help us to absorb Your Word through hearing, reading, studying, memorizing, meditating, and applying Your Word in our lives. That we may live the life You intended us to, to live and in, in relation to You, in relation to others, that we may glorify You in all that we do. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.